Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Falcon called The Case of the Missing Miss. It first aired April 22nd, 1951. Hello? Yes, this is The Falcon speaking. Oh, Linda. I'm glad you called. Oh, you'll have to cancel me out tonight, Angel. I've got to take a toy away from a baby. Mm-hmm. Someone just bought this baby a gun, and unless I stop her, she figures to get quite a bang out of it. This is Ed Hurley, friends, inviting you to listen to The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels, then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves... The Case of the Missing Miss... And now, the case of the missing miss. It is late Saturday afternoon, and a short, heavy-set boy in a dirty trench coat makes his way to the 12th floor suite of Senator Arthur Blake. And when he comes to the door, he feels at his left shoulder where the outline of a holster can be seen. Then, obviously reassured he hasn't forgotten the tools of his trade, he knocks on the senator's door. Just a second. Yes? Is Senator Blake in? Oh, I'm afraid he's busy at the moment. Uh, can I help you? I'm Marion Crane's secretary. Now, nice. Where is he in oh, there? Just a moment, Mr. Uh... Darling. I-, I don't remember making an appointment for you. Don't let it worry you, Miss Crane. I make my own. Oh. Uh, Marion, would you be good enough to... Oh, I'm sorry, my dear. I didn't realize we had a visitor. Hello, Senator. How do you do, sir? I hate to break in on you like this, but it can't be helped. My name is Darling. Dowling, are you? No, I'm not one of your constituents. I'm with the FBI. The FBI? That's right, honey. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Dowling? You can get your things and come along with me. I'm afraid I don't understand, sir. You don't, Senator? Did you ever hear of an outfit called Premium Oil? Premium Oil? No, I don't believe I have. How about a party named Jean Colbert? No. That's very strange, Senator, because our investigation shows you helped Colbert sell over $8 million worth of petroleum products to the Navy during the war. Well, my good man is selling oil to the Navy, a violation of the law? It is when Colbert and his phony company never delivered even a jar of Vaseline for all that dough. Well, there must be some mistake. Could be. Suppose you take that up with my chief. I'll be glad to, Mr. Dowling. If you'll excuse me for a moment. Wait a minute, Senator. Where are you going? Just to get my briefcase, I left it in the bedroom. I assure you I have no intention of escaping. Okay. Mr. Dowling. Yeah? Are you from the Washington Bureau or the local office? What difference does... Did you hear something then? Yes, it came from the bedroom. Is there a fire escape in there? No. Senator! Get away from that window, Blake. Here you are, Mr. Dowling. If you take one more step... Now listen, Blake, quit bluffing and climb down off that window ledge. So you think I'm bluffing? No, Senator, don't! Ah! 
know you're not supposed to come to my apartment unless I have something for you. Well, I got something for you, Lindsay. Senator Blake just committed suicide. What are you talking about? Haven't you seen the afternoon papers? No. Well, take a look. Senator Arthur Blake commits suicide. Head of contract negotiation committee dies in 12-story leap. So what? Well, don't you get it, Lindsay? This is all tied up with premium oil. Is that what it says? Oh, no, but that's the way it figures. Senator Blake was my contact. Senator Blake? Yeah. I relayed all the instructions I got from you to him. Why, you're out of your mind, Horrell. There's nothing wrong with premium oil. Oh, sure there is. I've been convinced of that for a year. Well, then why didn't you talk up before? I don't know. Maybe the money was too good. Or maybe I was afraid. Oh, you're wrong, Horrell. I don't be a chump. If premium oil was on the up and up, why would they go for all this uh, hocus-pocus? What hocus-pocus? Well, nobody in this setup knows anyone else but the party he gets his instructions from. Well, I guess that just prevents leaks. You don't believe that any more than I do. Now, listen, Lindsay, we got to compare notes. Who's the guy you get your instructions from? I can't tell you. Now, don't be a sap, friend. We're playing with dynamite. Who's your contact? Jean Colbert. You've got to get in touch with him. I can't. You've got to. But you don't understand, Horrell. I've never seen this Colbert. Whenever he's got any message for me, he writes. Well, then he must be the head man in this racket. Now, don't call it that. Why, you got a better name? we got to face it, Lindsay. They've just been using us for tools. Well, there's nothing we can do about it. Yes, there is, too. I'm going to get a private detective. I think you're making a mistake, Horrell. Uh-uh. No, I should have done it a long time ago. Are you with me? No, I... I'm going to sit quiet for a while. You better change your mind, Lindsay. There's plenty of time for that when you're dead. Yeah? I'd like to talk to Michael Warren, please. You are now. Oh, uh, Mr. Warren, my name is Edward Horrell... Harrell? Yeah. Uh, I hate to bother you on Sunday, but I need help fast. Well, I suggest you try someone else. Someone else? Sure. In a city as big as New York, there must be at least two private detectives. Well, you don't understand, Warren. Uh, did you read about Senator Blake's suicide? What about it? I'm the boy who paid him off. What are you yapping about? Another fellow named uh, Kenneth Lindsay and myself were uh, employed by Premium Oil, you see. But we didn't know what kind of a racket it was. As a matter of fact... Lindsay still isn't convinced. How come you are? Well, I've been doing a little checking on my own. Well, if you've got any information, Harrell, you should turn it over to the proper authorities. Where do you live? I'm at the Kimberley, apartment 4A. You there now? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, don't do any more talking on the phone. Your wire may be tapped. I'll be there in half an hour. That you, Warren? Yeah. Okay. Come in. Thanks. I didn't expect you for another 20 minutes. Let me take you. What's the matter, Harrell? You're not wearing. Ain't I? No. I've seen pictures of him, and he's at least six inches taller than you are. Maybe it just seems like that. Yeah? And how do you account for his hair being black while yours is blonde? Well, don't you think it goes better with my complexion? Listen, mister, what, what's your game? Ah, you don't have to worry, Harrell. I'm from the FBI, and... Uh, yeah? You don't seem convinced. I'm not. What's your name? Dowling. Did Warren send you here? Yep. Which Warren? Well, aren't you the suspicious one? You're darn right I am, especially since I've been listening to the radio. What do you mean? 
Well, according to what I just heard, before Senator Blake committed suicide, an FBI agent dropped around to see him. So? So after Blake jumped, this character told Blake's secretary to stay where she was and he'd go get the police. P.S. He never come back. The cops think he was a phony. And you think that was me, hmm? Well, he meets your description. Have you said boy in a khaki trench coat? Well, I guess there's only one way I can prove it to you. You want to see my credentials? Well, that might be a good idea. Okay, Harrell. Now, what does this look like? Hey, what's the idea of the gun? You asked to see it. Then I was right. Yeah. But I don't think it'll do you much good. You, you killed Senator Blake. No, he was obliging enough to save me the trouble. You see, my department... Your... Your department? Yeah. The Department of Dead Ends. I'm what you might call the cleanup man for premium oil. You're not fooling me. You're Jean Colbert. Who? Jean Colbert. I don't seem to recall that name. How about Kenneth Lindsay? Glad you reminded me. I got to see him next. So suppose we get this over with. Uh, listen, darling. Uh, can't can we talk this over? I don't think so. Well, for Pete's sake, what can you lose? You wouldn't be trying to stall me, would you, Harrell? <laughs> Why should I? Seems to me you mentioned something about a fellow named Waring being due here. Oh, oh, well, I, I was wrong. You said uh, it, Harrell. You were wrong. Dead wrong. Now, now, now darling, look. I'll give you... <laughs> give... <laughs> give me what? Too bad. Guess I'll never know. Yes? Mr. Kenneth Lindsay? That's right. Edward Harrell gave me your name. Oh, well, come in. I guess there is such a thing as luck. I beg your pardon? There are eight Kenneth Lindsay's in the phone book, and the first time out I get the right one. Now, look, Mr... Oh, yes, I'm sorry. My name is Mike Waring. I'm working for Harrell. Well, then he did hire a detective. Yep. Oh. Well, sit down. Thanks. Uh, drink? Yes, I could stand one after seeing Harrell. Why didn't you, uh, bring him along? Cops thought he'd be much more comfortable at the morgue. I think you dropped something, Lindsay. Is this your idea of a joke, Waring? About Harrell? Hardly. He was murdered an hour ago. Who did it? Don't you know? If Horrell told you I knew anything about John Colbert... John Colbert? Who's he? Well, didn't Horrell mention him? No, he only gave me your name. That's why I said I was lucky to find you. Suppose I said now you've got the wrong one. Well, it'd be a little late now. I spotted you for the right one the second I looked into this room. How? Well, you've got five afternoon papers here, and they're all turned to the account of Senator Blake's death. You're pretty smart, aren't you? No, not nearly enough. That's why I need your help. Well, I can't tell you a thing, and even if I could, I wouldn't pick you for a confidant. No, don't be a fool, Lindsay. I told Horrell to keep his mouth shut. That didn't make any difference. Use your head. Blake is dead, and so is Horrell. How long do you think you've got? Well, there may be something in what you say. Well, of course there is. Now, Horrell got his orders from you, didn't he? Yes. And you got them from this Jean Colburn? That's right. Who is he? I don't know. I never saw the man. I, I only heard from him through the mail. Have you got any of his letters here? Well, yes, but uh, I don't think they'll do you any good. They're all typewritten. May I have them? Yeah, sure. All right, now I want to get one thing straight. After you gave Horrell his instructions, he forwarded them to Senator Blake, right? That's what Horrell told me. None of us knew any link in the chain except the one next to him. Well, the Senator must have kept some sort of records. Well, I wouldn't know. Well, didn't the paper say something about his having a secretary? Yes, her name is Marion Crane, but 
You don't think she can shed any light on the subject? You never can tell, Lindsay. For all we know, she may be the original lady with the lamp. Let's hope she can show us the way. Back to the adventures of the Falcon. An hour has passed since Lindsay gave Mike Waring the lead to Marion Crane, Senator Blake's secretary. And now as we find that little lady, she's obviously got her hands full. Right. 23 left, 82 right. What do you know? Works. Uh-uh. Ah. That's not nice, Angel. Who are you? Name is Waring, Miss Crane. Don't you believe in knocking? Well, I didn't want to disturb you. I thought you might be busy. Looks like I showed good judgment there, doesn't it? What do you mean? Well, I'll leave it to you, Angel. Now, what secretary would want to be heckled while she's opening her boss's safe? I was just getting some of my things. Well, it's awfully nice of the senator to let you keep all those bonds in there. Look, Mr. Waring, what business is this of yours? I'm a private detective, Miss Crane. I'm working for the late Edward Harrell. The late? You mean Harrell's dead? Then you did know him, huh? Well, of course, he was a personal friend of the senator's. Well, perhaps you wouldn't mind answering one of my questions. Such as? Who is Jean Colbert? What do you know about Colbert? I thought I was going to ask the questions. What do you know about Colbert? Not a thing. If I did, I wouldn't have to ask you who he was. Then why do you want to find him? Because I've got evidence he's responsible for Harrell's death. Look, Waring, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm being so nice to you. Well, maybe it's because I appeal to your maternal instinct. Yes, Maybe. But I wouldn't mess in things that don't concern me. <laughs> well, that's very good coming from you. Especially after I find you messing in Senator Blake's safe. Get out. Okay, Miss Crane. Don't think it hasn't been nice. I know, because it hasn't. Oh, that's where you're wrong, Angel. In fact, I was so delighted, I'm going to tell all my friends about you. Especially those in the police force. Yeah, you do that. Three, eight, two, four... Yeah? Hello, is that you, Woolsey? Who's this? Marion Crane. What's up, Marion? You better get a wire out to number one. Private detective named Mike Waring just looked in on me. The Falcon? That sounds interesting. He said he had evidence against Jean Colbert. I think he's asking for trouble. Okay, Marion, if that's what Mr. Waring wants, it should be easy enough to oblige him. I'll be glad to do my part. Hiya, Pappy. Huh? Well, I'm glad to see you made yourself at home. I didn't think you'd mind wearing. Shut the door. Now listen, mister. Shut it. And your mouth, too, while you're at it. Now be a good boy and sit right down on that sofa where I can watch you. Right there, that's close enough. Is that the gun that killed Harrell? How would you like to find out firsthand? Now, don't bother. What's your name, friend? I've got several, Waring. You can call me anything you like. <laughs> you know, you're leaving yourself wide open. Look who's talking. Listen, Waring, you... Who's that? I've got no idea. Get rid of him. Okay. And remember, if you crack out of turn, I'm right behind you. Hello, Waring. Can I come in? Well, I'm uh, awfully busy. Oh, I just wanted to hear how you made out with Blake's secretary. Well, I'll call you in the morning, Lindsay. Wait a minute. Wh- Your name, Lindsay? What? 
Yes. Come on in. Yes, but Waring Mr. said... Mr. Waring just changed his mind. Hey, he's got a gun. That's what changed it. I've been meaning to look in on you, friend. I'm glad you spared me the trip. Say, what's going on here? Don't you get it, Lindsay? If he don't now, he never will. Why, you know... No, look out, Lindsay! Oh, oh. Lindsay. Let him lay, Waring. I want to finish that little talk we started. What do you want? You've been asking an awful lot of questions about a party named Jean Colbert. So? So I don't like it. Well, that's tough. Give me 24 hours and I'll know who he is. Maybe you've got some sort of evidence. Maybe. Letters? Perhaps. I want him, Waring. Well, I can't blame you for that. Look, do you turn him over like a nice boy or do you have to be coaxed? Oh! Look, you... What about those letters, Waring? I haven't got them. I hope you got plenty of endurance, because, brother, you're going to need it. You gonna lay there all night, Mike, or you gonna tell me what happened? Oh, look, I told you all I could, Sergeant. Next thing I knew, you and Harris were pouring scotch down my... Hey, where is Harris? I sent him on an errand. Is Lindsay all right? Yeah, the doc had to take a couple of stitches and a scalp, but after that he was able to leave. Any idea who Tough Boy was? No, I don't think he's local. You might be surprised. Was he short, stocky, about 5'7", blonde hair, and very white skin? Yeah, that's the boy. I thought so. You know him, Corbett? Fairly well. His name is Joe Dowling. Dowling? Alias Joe Denton, alias Jerry Davis. Shall I continue? Oh, never mind. I get the idea. What gets me is why Dowling didn't stick around to finish the job. What job? Well, I got the impression he was going to kill Lindsay. Oh, then Mr. Lindsay can thank me for saving his life. I was on my way up to see you, and I had him ring you from downstairs. When Dowling heard me coming, he must have beat it out the back way. Now, let's get back to those letters from Colbert. Dowling got him, huh? Yeah, they were in my pocket all along. I was a sucker not to give them to him when he first asked. Why? Well, there was nothing in those letters that was the least bit incriminating. Didn't tell us a thing about Jean Colbert. You must be wrong, Mike. Dowling didn't do that job on you for nothing. Say, wait a minute, Sergeant. I've got a hunch of... That may be for me. Hello. Yes, this is Sergeant Corbett. When, Harris? You sure? Okay, you know what to do. Now, what were you saying, Mike? I think I know who Jean Colbert is. Oh, Dowling. You're nuts. Now, listen, Sergeant, it makes sense. I tell you this, Joe Dowling and Jean Colbert are one and the same. There's only one thing wrong with that theory, Mike. Well, you'll have to show it to me. Okay, come down to the morgue. What for? That was Harris who just phoned in. He found Dowling's body 20 minutes ago. Now, are you satisfied? Now, back to the adventures of the Falcon. Ten minutes have passed since Mike advanced his theory that Joe Dowling and Jean Colbert were one and the same and had it promptly explode in his face. And so great is the Falcon's disappointment that even hard-hearted Sergeant Corbett is touched. Come on, snap out of it, Mike. We all make mistakes. You just abuse the privilege. Well, I don't suppose there's any doubt that the body Harris found is really Dowling, huh? None whatsoever. Dowling was just taking orders from Colbert like Lindsay, Harrell, and Blake. Did they find Colbert's letters on Dowling's body? No. Then I was wrong, Corbett. Nice of you to admit it. No, I mean when I said that the letters were unimportant. 
Colbert had to have them back. Now, why? Don't ask me. I never saw them. Well, they certainly looked innocent enough to me. How about secret writing? Oh, there was no need for that. If you knew what Colbert was getting at, the meaning was obvious. There were three of them. They were all identical. All they said was, Dear Lindsay, enclosed, please find $25,000 for Harrell's account. Will you see that he gets it? And they were signed, John Colbert. Wait a minute. Hold everything. Now, don't tell me you've got another brainstorm. Yeah, look. Suppose I told you that Jean Colbert was a woman. You better lay down, Mike. Now, listen to me, Sergeant. Nobody's ever seen Colbert. The only trace we have is those letters. So? So that's why Colbert had to have him back. Because sooner or later, somebody was bound to realize the fallacy. Now, look. How do you spell the French name, Jean? J-E-A-N. And how do you pronounce that in English? Jean. There you are. You see what I mean? It can be a girl's name, too. But where is there a woman in this case? How about Senator Blake's secretary? Marion Crane? Yes. Though I've never been known to pass up a pretty gal, this one you can take. Now, let me understand you, gentlemen. You think that I am Jean Colbert? Uh, no, not Jean Colbert, Miss Crane. Jean Colbert. You know, that's very funny, Mr. Waring. I'm glad you find it amusing. <laughs> oh, I do, Sergeant. You're basing your entire case on that? No, no, no. There were several other things that gave you away. Such as? Well, finding you at the senator's safe. Anything else? Well, once I realized that Jean was a woman's name, it all added up. You went to work for Senator Blake just to keep tabs on him. Why did I hire Lindsay and Harrell? Because you didn't want any trail leading back to you. Then when you heard there was an investigation afoot to look into premium oil, you thought it time to dissolve your organization. So I hired Dowling, and then when he did his job, I got rid of him. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Waring, this only goes to prove that there is something in woman's intuition. Huh? I had a feeling you were going to be an awful nuisance. <laughs> well, I'm glad to say you were right. Okay, Marion, whenever you're ready. Ready? Yes, I think Sergeant Corbett is willing to call it tonight, so suppose we start for headquarters. Oh, no, no, I'm staying right here. I've got five bucks to say you're wrong. Well, put it up and we'll leave it to the sergeant. To watch it, Corbett. Don't ever get to that purse. I only want to get my wallet and show him this. Holy cow. Well, what is it? You and your theories. Give her the fiver. What are you talking about? Haven't you ever seen a card like this before? No, what? Well, I have, and it says that the bearer, Miss Marion Crane, is an agent of the Department of Justice. Well, it doesn't make sense, Waring. You say Senator Blake's secretary was a federal agent? Yes, she was a plant, Lindsay. Well, couldn't she have forged those credentials? No, Sergeant Corbett has already checked Washington. She's been with him since 45. Well, where do we go from here? Well, the sergeant and I have been talking it over, and we've come to one conclusion. What? We're never going to find Colbert. Well, you can't give up now. Well, what else can we do? Colbert will never be found for one simple reason. Why? He doesn't exist. What, what are you talking about? He's the little man who wasn't there. I don't follow you, Mike. He's just a figment of the imagination. Whose? Yours, Lindsay. What? Yes, you were the boy who dreamed him up. You gave him life, breadth, and dimension. What a pity you can't arrange to have him take those 10,000 votes instead of you.
I'm sorry if I was rough on you, Mike. Oh, that's all right, Marion. But uh, must we talk about that now? Yes, yes, we must. You know, our office was working on this case for months, and you could have ruined everything. Well, you don't have to rub it in. How did you realize Lindsay was our boy? Well, when I found out you were a government agent, it suddenly occurred to me what a beautiful swindle Lindsay was in a position to work. All we had was his word and several letters that there was actually such a person as Cobler. Lindsay pretended to be just another cog in the wheel. Sure, by pretending to follow orders like the rest, he could mask as an innocent tool like Rell. Mm -hmm. You think Dowling knew who he was? Yes, he was the only one. That's why Lindsay had to kill him. But why did Dowling slug him in your apartment? Well, that was a cheap enough price for Lindsay to pay to convince me he was on the up and up. But uh, you'd be surprised what put me on the right track. What? I mentioned to you that I had evidence pointing to Colbert. Huh? Well, if you didn't send Dowling around to pick it up, the only other party who could have done it was Lindsay. He was the only other one who knew about the letters. Then actually they were valueless. Oh, sure. Lindsay wrote them just to cover himself. Well, guess that takes care of everything. Well, not quite. There's still one thing about this case that bothers me. What? You. Do I really bother you that much, Mike? Oh, you have no idea, Angel. What's there about me that disturbs you so? Well, there's your face, your figure, most of all... Yes? That five bucks you won from me on that bet, that I'll never get over. Falcon, real name Michael Waring, started as a series of pulp detective novels written by Drexel Drake in the tradition of Sam Spade. The Falcon then moved on to some solid B-movies with such titles as The Falcon in Danger, The Falcon in Mexico, The Falcon in San Francisco, A Date with the Falcon, The Gay Falcon, and of course to be followed by The Falcon and the Coeds. The movies premiered between 1941 and 1945. You can be forgiven for not remembering these movies, but if you search IMDb, they actually are there. The radio program first aired in 1943. The star at that time was Barry Kroger. The title role was later played by James Meegan and Les Damon, and a few others. Each show began with a phone ringing and the Falcon answering and usually brushing off a female admirer. The phone call also set the tone for the series. The Falcon is a loner. He doesn't have a love interest, a partner, nor really even a friend for that matter. He works the cases alone. The cops in these shows are generally portrayed as pretty dumb. They sort of work with the Falcon, but they would love to throw him in jail, either justifiably or not. The Falcon is based in New York, and the toughs are New York tough, but the Falcon is even tougher. The show lasted 10 years, from 1943 to 1953. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.